I wish every one of you would have been here for our adult Sunday school class. Brother Keith Nevad spoke about that name. That powerful name of Jesus Christ. What a name. Man. Let's stand, if you will. We're going to turn to the book of 1 Kings. We're going to read from chapter 17, verse number 8. While you are turning there, I want to encourage you, if you were not here Wednesday night, please go to the website, click on the podcast, and listen to Wednesday night's message. We started another series. I, I cannot encourage you enough to be here this coming Wednesday night. We're talking about the church, the purpose of the church, why we gather here, the misunderstanding of the usage of the word church, the ecclesia, the gathering of the people, the gathering of the minds and the wills and the spirits of the people to come together. So often we come into the building, but we're not really here. We're other places in our mind and in our spirits. I believe God wants us to be in one mind and one accord. Amen. The Holy Ghost did not fall in the upper room until they were in one mind and one accord. That's when it happened. Someone very special in my life has had a birthday yesterday. And that would be my youngest boy, Joel, turned 19 years old yesterday. Amen. Actually, it's today, but we celebrated it yesterday. Did, did, no, we didn't. Oh, no, no, I was celebrating Henry's graduation yesterday, and then someone got married yesterday, and today, yesterday was a full day. I, I had so much good time yesterday, Joel, I thought it was your birthday. I, all right, we'll do something today. We'll make up for it. All right. Pizza. CC's pizza, five bucks, something. 19 years old, and I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive, I've got him trained to take out the trash. It's close. It's close. Every once in a while, I'll walk in the kitchen and tap that lid and watch it pop up and look in there, and it'll be empty. And I go, that's amazing. You can train anybody. Do anything. No, he's a good kid good kid works hard main thing is he respects and honors his mother and I appreciate that first Corinthians chapter 17 verse number eight to our guests God bless you thank you for being with us again it is our prayer today that you receive everything that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has for you that's what we want over in the far right corner, I just spotted your brother. And I, I don't even have the name. Going to be pastoring in Belle Glade. Brother Gardner. Garmin. Brother Garmin. And uh, Friday night, the last Friday of this month is going to be the launch. I already had one of my members that live in Belle Glade told me they're going to be forsaking me. At least they gave me the came up. And no, we encourage that. We believe that people should attend church to the closest church. So that they can be a witness 
And I want you to know we are with you, behind you and your family and, and Brother Davey. We got, our, we got our singers. No, you don't live anywhere near Burglar. Put your hand down, son. You live right here in West Palm. Always looking for a reason to leave. I'm speaking at him. And uh, we got a couple. Our singers are going to be there on that Friday night. Put on your calendar. Last Friday night of this month. How big's that building, brother? What will it sit? 300. Let's go fill it up. Let's help the church in Tampa fill that, pack that thing out. Wouldn't it be awesome to pray about 20 people through to the Holy Ghost from Bell Glade right there on that first night? And just launch that work in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord, name of the Lord, amen. Sit down, Brother Corinthian, I'm not letting you go anywhere. First, first Kings chapter 17, verse number 8, and the word of the Lord came unto him, Elijah, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. And a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks. Now this is the one God sent him to to help him. This is your help. <laughs> she says, I'm gathering a couple of sticks. That I may go in and dress the meal, make a cake for me and my son that we may eat it and die. But Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Not a word she said bothered him because he knew God had sent him. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. But make me thereof a little cake first, take care of the things of God, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. I'm surprised she didn't say, maybe you didn't hear me. I've only got enough for one cake. If I make for you, there's not going to be any for me and my son. But she obeyed. But thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and, she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail 
according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. I could preach right there. I love that. It was God speaking. He just used a man to do it. It wasn't Elijah making the promise. God was making the promise. You hear me? It's not pastor going to tell you something today. It's God come to tell you something today. I want, to, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, you may be helpless, but you ain't hopeless. Find somebody else. You may be helpless, but you ain't hopeless. I want to tell you there's hope in the house. I feel it up in the house. Somebody, come on. Let's put our Bibles down, clap our hands to the Lord. Father, have your way. Lord, use the preacher today. Speak to our hearts. Touch our spirits. Lift us up today. Strengthen us today. Get us out of the pit, God. Bring us up out of depression. Bring us up out of this, this state of weariness. In the mighty, powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Not going to hold you long today, so stay with me just a few minutes. And I, I admit it's my prayer, I hope. If you've come to this building here this morning, heavy laden and burdened down, and you can't find your way out, maybe the doctor gave you a prognosis and man can't help you. Maybe the bank called you up on Friday and man can't help you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I come to tell you I feel hope in the building today. I've come to let you know that you may be helpless. There may need be nobody here to help you, and you can't help yourself, but hope is in the building. There's a God in this place that will not let you down. There's a God in this building that will see you through. Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. Hopelessness is a is a horrible state to be. You need to go back in the podcast and listen. We preached on hope for about eight weeks. A few months ago, you need to go listen to those messages on the power of hope. But hopelessness is a horrible place to be in. This woman said to Elijah, I'm collecting a couple of sticks. I've got a handful of meal. I'm going to go back in my home. I'm going to rub these sticks together. I'm going to start a little fire. I'm going to bake a little cake. And me and my son are going to eat the last meal we will ever partake of. Now, this woman didn't wake up one day in this state. She grew into this condition. No doubt several months prior to, she had oil in the vat. She had meal in the vase, and, and her and her son ate just fine. Even though daddy wasn't around, or who knows, maybe daddy died just recently. We don't know the case. But what she did not expect is that the rain was going to stop. And what she didn't know is the guy standing before her is the one that made it happen. 
But the rain ceased. And she had to watch day after day after day. The meal go down. The oil go down. There's no doubt in my mind she sought after friends. She went to try to see places because she could see everything was running out. But everybody she went to had the same story. Everybody she went to was in the same condition. I can't give you of my meal. I've only got a little left myself. I can't give you of my oil. I've only got a little left myself. The reason why she said to the prophet Elijah that me and my son are going to eat this meal and die is because she's already tried everything she knew to try. She's already gone everywhere she knew to go. She called out to everybody she knew to call out. I want to throw something in here that's powerful. Do you know in the New Testament, the Bible says that there were many widows who were in need, but God sent the prophet only to one of those widows, and it's the little one that we're talking about here right now. So I've come to tell you the difference between you and your need and the world and their need. And friend, that difference is when you do for God, God is going to do for you. Let's continue on. Everybody say hopelessness. That's a hard place to be. The word hope has a three-level definition. It means to have expectation, level one. Level two, it means to have confidence in the one who's going to do the deed. You can't have hope unless you believe in the one who's going to be helping. Third level is pleasure. When you've got real hope, you expect, you believe, and you receive. But when you have no hope, you expect nothing, you have confidence in nothing, and you have no pleasure in your hope. I've come here today by the power of the Holy Ghost to turn your hopelessness around. I've come to let you know you might be helpless. That means you might not be able to fix it. It's not within your power to make it right. It's not within your heart to get it going. But I've come to tell you, you're not hopeless because your hope is in this building. The power of God is upon us. His glory is in this place. And what you're doing right now, worshiping and praising, it's going to cause God to turn. There are many people that have needs, but God hears you. God sees you. God feels you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. That word helpless means unable to defend oneself or to act within your own ability to bring about a solution. The word of the Lord reaches out to you and time and lets us know Elijah showed up at this place and he walked into a helpless situation. 
that woman could not help herself. She's a mother. I know she did everything she possibly could do to her energies, her talents, and her abilities. But finally, she had to come to the conclusion she was helpless. But this woman was beyond helpless. She was hopeless. She was expressing hopelessness. Listen to me. Helpless people don't commit suicide or just lay down and die. But hopeless people do. People that cannot absolutely see any angle of a way out. They've tried everything they know to try. But their condition only gets worse. Friend, I'm here to tell you. That's why God brought you here today. That's why... The church is your Elijah. And we showed up on your doorstep and we're letting you know if you'll reach out for God, if you will touch God, he will be here for you today. Stay with me for a few minutes here this morning. I want to kind of look at this situation here. Because sometimes it looks just like this. <laughs> now, if you really examine the situation, you really got helplessness coming to helplessness. Because Elijah was pretty helpless himself. You know, God sent him down to the brook, right? He said, go eat, go drink. He said, the ravens are going to come flying in, bring you some filet mignon, medium rare. And uh, the sun will put a little sear on the outside as they make their way. And then the, the brook's going to give you water. Oh, yeah. Elijah, go relax. Get out your lounge chair. My, 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 you're the prophet, son. Go relax over there. Enjoy life a little bit. Sip your water. Put in a couple of blueberries. Give it some flavor. And just wait for the meat. But the Bible says a day came when the brook dried up. Elijah went to the went to the brook and got reached down with his cup and he just came up with a little mud and then he waited for the bird but the bird never showed. Elijah was pretty helpless himself. You see, it hadn't rained in three months. There were no animals around to kill. No birds to throw a rock at to knock out of the sky. There was no vegetation near him. He was in the middle of a desert. And God stepped into his helplessness. Because, see, God is hope. God reached over here and got a hold of a little helplessness and he brought it over into another area of helplessness because he wanted them to understand neither one of them had the power to do anything about their situation. And I've seen God do this over and over. He'll put a couple of people together and you're both in the same mess. You're both in the same trouble. You're trying to figure out how to help one another. And that's when God shows up, steps into the... That's why the Word of God says that it was God that spoke through Elijah. It wasn't one helpless man telling a helpless woman, I'm going to help you. It was God speaking through the helpless. 
reaching out to the helpless and solving the problem for both. And I'm here to tell you today, I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. The one next to you can't solve your dilemma or your situation. But there is a God in this building that is speaking. And if you'll reach out, if you'll reach out, I love it. Elijah said, fear not. Personally, if I'd have been Elijah, I think I'd have been scratching my head. I've been like, Lord, I passed two mansions on the way. Well, they still had cattle left. I smelt it. So good. I even saw one of my birds over there. It used to fly to me. Lord, you could have stopped me off at that mansion. You could have. I pass by so many opportunities, and this is what you bring me to? This little woman, this stick-rubbing woman, who has lost all hope, who cannot see her tomorrows to the point that she has already accepted death within herself and with her child, and this is what you brought me to? But that's not what Elijah did. Elijah looked at that woman and said, fear not. Now, don't misunderstand me. He was probably speaking to himself as well. It's going to be all right, Brother Wells. It's going to be all right. Yeah, we pat ourselves on the back sometime, right? Oh, God's going to help you, son. God's going to help you. He's going to be there for you. And we we're really encouraging ourselves while we're trying to encourage the brother because we're in the same mess they're in, same trouble they're in. But there was a history in Elijah there was a history. He had already seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle. So it didn't bother Elijah all that much to be in a position that was really life and death. It was Elijah's way of saying, honey, this is when God shows up. This is when God does his best. Let's just me and you get together and watch what God will do in our midst. You might be helpless, but you're not hopeless. As long as there is a God, there is hope. As long as you can open your mouth and call on him, there is hope. Let's everybody praise him right now. Everybody, everybody open your mouth. Everybody praise him. Now, hold on. It didn't just happen. Be seated. It didn't just happen. <laughs> she said, I got one meal. And me and my boy are going to eat it. And then we're going to die. 
Elijah said, go fix that meal for me. He took from her the only thing she had and made her prepare it. I mean, he didn't go get the sticks and meal and oil and make his own bread. He said, woman, take the only two sticks you got. Take the little meal you got. Take the little oil you got. And go make that meal for me. Now, Brother Howe, I know preachers use this text all the time. Take care of the man of God. Give all you got to the man of God. Let your house go under. Let your car be repulled. But take care of the man of God. That is so out of context, it's not even funny. God going to take care of the man of God. God didn't need that woman to take care of the man of God. What God asked that woman to do was about that woman. It wasn't about the man of God. Elijah had already showed up with all the faith he needed. Elijah already knew God was going to take care of the man of God. <laughs> Sister Chateau, that meal you fixed was phenomenal. And you can cook for me anytime. No, no, no. That's not what that was about. <laughs> it's convenient for the man of God to preach it that way. But that's not, that's not what it was about at all. It was about turning that woman off of herself onto someone else. And I want to tell you the most powerful thing that you have in your possession is when you stop caring about yourself and you start caring for somebody else. It's what the kingdom of God is all about. Oh, yes, it is. That's what that was about. You see, that woman had become so self-focused in her hopelessness and in, in her inability to accomplish what needed to be done. And you know I'm preaching to us right now. We get all wrapped up in our own troubles. We get wrapped up in our own sorrows, wrapped up in our own pain. That when somebody else comes alone and they're hurting, we can't stop and reach out. We're too wrapped up in us. But God said, you want to get out of this dilemma? You want to come out of this situation? Then reach out to somebody else. Touch somebody. Why does that work? Because when you've done it under one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. When you help your brother, when you help your sister, you're helping God. <laughs> Woo! You think God need that widow woman to feed Elijah? He had been fencing and birds. Feed him in a brook. God could have done that a million different ways. It wasn't about the prophet. It was about the woman. And the moment she agreed to turn away from herself and reach out to somebody else or to bless God no matter what, worship God no matter what, praise God no matter what, I don't care how I feel, I don't care what disease is in my body, 
I don't care what my bank account looks like. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Okay, I want to do something. The Lord just spoke to me. Sit down. If you've been going through something, and I'm going to throw up my precious sister right here in the purple shirt. Right here. No, don't look back. You. I love you, boy. Just stand up for me. Come on. You're going to lead this. Yes, you are. You're going to lead this. Stand up. Raise your hands. I don't know what she's going through, but it's overwhelming. But hope's on its way right now. Hope's on its way right now. Come on, you're going to lead this. You're going to be the little one with six. I want you to lift both hands. I want you to open your mouth and begin to give. That's it right there. Give God praise. Give God praise. Hold on, hold on. She's leading what God wants to do. The rest of you sit back down. Hold on. If you're going through something, something that brings us a sense of hopelessness, I want you to stand right now. You're overwhelmed. Don't be embarrassed to stand. You're overwhelmed. It's like a spirit of shakabahosataya. I want to tell you hope's about to come. Lift your hands. Open your mouth. This sister has led it. And the power of God is about to fall upon you. The anointing of the Lord is about to come down upon you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're going to feel that hopelessness rise up off of you. You're going to feel depression leave. My God, my God, my God. That's it. That's it. Only God can do it. Only God is able. Hallelujah. Your hope is here. Your hope is here. God's promise has showed up. God's power has showed up. God's healing has showed up. You might be helpless, but you're not hopeless. God is in this place. And if you'll reach out to him. Music, if you'll come. I've got such a long ways to go, but I just feel the power of God in this place. I want you to keep praying. Keep seeking God. Listen, if there's a spirit of hopelessness on you, I want you to step out from where you are and come down to this altar. I'm here to tell you God's about to fix it. God's about to make it right. God's about to heal. God has showed up. He has sent his word.
Hallelujah. Talk about hopelessness. I'm going to rub my two sticks together. I'm going to make a fire. I'm going to bake a cake. And me and my son are going to die. Come on, come on. I'm telling you, God can do it. The Bible says the meal never ran out. The oil never ran out. Why? Because she reached out and touched somebody. She got a hold of God. She responded to the word of God. She responded to the power of God. I'm telling you, there's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. There's healing in this place. Oh, oh, you may be helpless, but you're not hopeless. The hope giver is here. Talk about hopeless. How about Sarah, 90 years old? How about Israel at the Red Sea? How about the children in the fire? How about Daniel in the lion's den? How about Gideon, 300 against 100,000? How about the infant man, 38 years at the pool? The lame man at the gate? The blind man in the street? The lepers, Paul and Silas, Lazarus? It doesn't matter. You might be helpless, but you're not hopeless. If you'll reach out to him, if you'll reach out to him. Come on, my brother. That's it. That's it. If you'll reach out, if you'll reach out. Hallelujah. I know it's out of your control. I know there's nothing you can do. You've tried everything, but you can't fix it. That's because we're helpless, but we're not hopeless. God's in this place. I'm telling you, there's miracles taking place right now. There's miracles taking place right now. Miracles, miracles.